0: How's everybody doing this morning? It's great to be with everybody. Isn't it great to be together this morning? Aren't you fired up to be at church? I know I am. And um, today we're actually continuing our series. Actually, it's the last part of our series, Game Plan. And I know the women are secretly excited inside because our series about football is finally coming to an end, right? But... My hope is that every one of us here has been able to take some truths, to take some tools out of this series to really apply to our lives. And uh, today is no different. And uh, so if you're visiting today, I want to welcome you. But we've been asking this question. If there really is a God, and this God has a great plan for our life, then how do we go about trying to find that plan? How do we figure out what God's will is for our life? And so maybe you've been praying this prayer. Maybe you've been thinking about this question. God, show me your will for my life. Show me your will for my life. Show me your will for my life. And I think we would all agree. Wouldn't it be so much easier if God would just speak to us? If he would just tell us what to do? I mean, how cool would that be? You know, hey, God just say, hey, go, go do this, go do that. Hey, move there. Marry him. Marry her. I mean, how much more confidence would we walk around with every day knowing that God spoke to us, right? I mean, people would ask you, hey, how'd you know to marry him? Or how'd you know to marry her? Well, God told me. Well, how'd you know to go to this college and not that college? Uh, Just God told me one day. Hey, don't go there, right? And so we would walk around with a lot more assurance in our life if God would just speak to us. But the problem is, it just doesn't seem that easy, does it? It's just not that easy. In fact, have you ever tried to listen to God before? Have you ever tried to clear your mind and just listen to God? And the problem with me is I usually get a little bit sidetracked. I, I have a hard time staying focused. All right, imagine me in my living room. Okay, I'm sitting there on my couch, and I'm okay. All right, God, I'm ready. I'm ready for you to speak to me. Anytime you're ready, God. Anytime that you're ready. And then I start thinking about. I wonder what's on TV right now. Are there any football games on? And then I started thinking about food. I mean, has that ever happened to you before? Or or how about this one? You're sitting in your living room. You're getting quiet. You're serious. Okay, serious face. You're in your living room. And you're like, God, what do you want me to do? Then all of a sudden, you wake up ten minutes later. And you're like, oh my goodness. I just fell asleep on God. I wonder if he noticed. I'm pretty sure God noticed if he fell asleep or not. But, you know, maybe it's super easy for the super spiritual people in the world to know what God's will is. But what about us normal people? How come it's so hard for us? How come it's so difficult to figure out what God's plan is? I mean, and, and seriously, when, pe- when I was growing up, people would talk to me and go, hey, God told me to do this. You know, God told me to go here and move here and do this in my life. And I go, how do you know that's God speaking to you? How do you know that's God speaking to you? And it's not just the internal voice inside of you telling you what you want to hear. Seriously, how do you know? And what ends up happening, and if we're not careful, you know, this is what we tend to do because we want to know God's will so badly. And it's such a difficult process sometimes. Is, this is We do one of three things. There's three things that we do to try to confirm God's voice in our life. You guys ready to hear them? Okay, the first thing that we do to try to confirm God's voice in our life is by trying to confirm his voice through circumstances. Okay, has this ever happened to you? A a friend comes up to you and he goes, hey, I've decided that Susan, yeah, Susan, she's the one for me. And she's the one I'm going to marry. That's great. That's awesome. Well, how'd you come to that conclusion? Well, you see, me and Susan, we have our song, right? We have our song, me and her. And uh, today I was driving and our song came on back to back to back on three different stations. Now, tell me that's not God, Mike. Tell me that's not God. Well, maybe, maybe that was God, but maybe it was the programming directors of those stations who played the songs, right? And I'm pretty sure they're not God. And I sound a little skeptical, don't I? And I'm supposed to be building your faith today, alright? right? No worries. We're going to work this out, okay? We're going to find our way through this service today. You know, um, but the point is, it's just so hard to find God's voice. You know, another way we do this, the second way we try to do this is by confirming God's voice through signs, okay? And so every once in a while, you'll hear of someone who claims to have seen the face of Jesus on something, right? And they think, they conclude that it's a sign from God. Whatever kind of sign that is, they conclude it's a sign. For example, recently there was a man who came out to his car in the morning and in the condensation of his window on the passenger side was Jesus' face. And the media goes crazy, right? I mean, people have seen Jesus' face on potato chips, on a tree trunk, even on a piece of pizza, right? Hey, you guys make the judgment. I'm just telling you, you make the judgment on this, right? But my point is: Have we really lowered God to that? It's like God is up in heaven, and He has a really important message for you and you and all of us. And so He's like, "What do I do? How do I communicate this important message?" Let me call Domino's Pizza up and put my son's face on a piece of pizza. Okay, have we really put God at that level? Um, now, my point is this: Can God do that? Of course He can. God can do anything. He can give you whatever sign he wants to give you. Uh, another way that we try to confirm God's voice, and the third way is, is actually probably the one I'm guilty of the most. So I just want to confess to you as you hear this, this is probably my biggest one I go to. But the third one is that is we try to confirm God's voice in our life. We tend to try to, um, con- as we confirm his voice, we try to justify the decisions that we've made in our life up to that point. We say this. You know, I know this so much about God. I know this much. He doesn't want me to be unhappy. I know that much. And if I don't do that, I will be unhappy. And so, God doesn't want me to do it, really, because God doesn't want you to be unhappy. Or Mike, I know she's not a disciple. I know he's not a disciple, but she's really cool. You know, we're in love. I, what we have, is special. Or you know, hey, I'm not getting any younger. You know, I'm running out of time. Or, hey, everybody is doing it, Mike. I'm not the only one doing it. Everybody's doing it around me. So God doesn't care because everyone's doing it. And we use these things to justify and justify and justify the decisions that we make. And let me set something straight this morning before we get started, okay? If we're going to find God, it's going to take all of our heart. You know, Josh talked about last week, You know, seeking God with all your heart, doing the things that you do with all of your heart. That is the only way you will find God. And so as you walk out of this building today, we need to seek God with all our hearts. We need to get into the Bible and see what the Bible says, right? Um, And so, you know, this whole series is great, but unless we do that with all of our heart, you know, and none of it really means anything, we can have all these great tools but we need to see God with all our heart. So you may hear that this morning and you may have a question for me. And you say, all right, Mike, when it comes to listening to God's voice, do you believe that God still speaks to us? It's a pretty good question. Do you believe that God still speaks? Oh, go back. All right, cool. Um, do you still believe that God still speaks to you and me? And my answer would be absolutely. I absolutely believe God still speaks to us. And, uh, and here's what I've come to know throughout my short lifespan of the 23 years of my life. Here's what I've come to know about God. It's not, is God still speaking to us? The real question is, have you put yourself in a position to listen The question is not, is God still speaking? The question is, if we put ourselves in a position to listen. You know, a great way to, uh, to illustrate this for you guys is, how I'm having a conversation with my wife one day, okay? And I know, by the way, I'm the only one that's ever done this, but hey, me and my wife are having a conversation. She's in the kitchen, I'm in the living room, and during the conversation, for some reason, I decide to get up and leave the room, okay? I actually go outside to check the mail, and my wife, she keeps going on with the conversation. She has no idea that I'm not there, right? So I come back in. She finishes up her conversation. And then I ask her a question about something she said. Uh, that doesn't go over very well, right? I know I'm the only one that's ever done that. Well, Was Ayumi talking to me? Yeah, she was talking to me. But I didn't put myself in a position to listen. And, uh, and here's the great thing about all of this. Here's a great thing that I know about each and every one of you this morning. Okay, I know this about you. Okay, all right, I know this. You all want to be great decision makers. We all want to make great decisions. I don't think any of us wake up in the morning and say, I really want to make a bad decision, right? None of us do that. We all want to make great decisions. We want to make great decisions in our careers, where we go to school, with our family, with our kids. We want to make great decisions in our life. I know that's true about you. But I also know this: that God wants you to make great decisions too. He deeply desires for you to make great decisions, and He knows that you will make greater decisions in your life if you will invite Him in, if you will let Him into that decision-making process. You know, this thing keeps going off. It's okay, we're good. Um, you know, but God knows that if we let Him in on that process and, and the decisions that maybe you're facing in your life right now, maybe this week next week, or in a couple months, if we will let Him into that process, He will make His game plan for your life a lot clearer. Amen? And so here's what we're going to do today to get there, okay? My goal today is for you to leave and feel like you've been equipped enough to find God's will for your life. Sounds pretty good, right? That's my goal for you today. And so to get there, I want to briefly share three questions to you. These three questions, and the first two we've already covered in prior weeks, but the third one today I'm going to introduce. And everything that we've talked about up to this point has led to these three questions. And if you apply them to your life, you will be able to f- know God's voice in your life. You will be able to find God's will. Isn't that awesome? So let's check out these three questions. All right, question number one. It says, is this decision, in the decisions that you're making in your life right now, or up to this point, is this decision consistent with the Bible? Is this decision consistent with the Bible? Now here's my question. In the decisions that you've made up to this point, have you made a decision with the decisions that you're making to make God's Word a part of it? Are the decisions you're making right now in your life consistent With the Bible and what the scriptures say. You know, and and now I think it's pretty telling of our society because we get really excited when somebody sees the face of Jesus on a on a piece of pizza or you know, they see signs from God, right? But I'll show you an even greater miracle today. You want to see a greater miracle? How many people want to see a miracle? All right, right here. This book is a miracle. Do you know the lengths that God has had to go to to preserve this book for you and me? There have been kingdoms, there have been rulers, there have been governments and people who have tried to stamp this word out. But because of God's providential will, this book is still here today. Isn't that awesome? That's a miracle right there. And many of us have three to four of these miracles in in our houses right now. And we haven't picked them up for a week or two, maybe a few months. And we wonder, is God still speaking to me? Hey, that's not the question today. The question is, are you putting yourself in a position to listen? And so are the decisions that you're making in your life right now consistent with biblical teachings? Question number two, is this decision consistent with the gifts and the talents that that God has given you. This is from our week three lesson when Peter talked about God's thumbprint on your life, right? Are the decisions that you're making consistent with God's thumbprint on you? Now, so those are the first two questions, and they're basically things that we've covered. And I'm going to introduce to you our third question today. And like I said, if we apply these three questions to our life, God's plan for our life will become a lot clearer. We'll be able to know what God wants us to do in our life. And now this third question was introduced to us by a leader in the Bible, actually a king. And his name is Rehoboam. Now how many people have heard of Rehoboam before? Raise your hand. Okay, maybe some of us, right? Many of us haven't heard of Rehoboam, and that's okay. Actually, Rehoboam's father was somebody that you have, I definitely know you've heard of. His name is Solomon. How many people have heard of Solomon? Mostly all of us, right? Solomon was the richest man in the world at one point, and he was also the wisest man in the world at one point. That's Rehoboam's dad. Now his grandfather was David, one of the greatest men in the Bible. And so Rehoboam has a great, awesome lineage, right? And so what's happening in this situation is that Rehoboam is about to die. He's come to the end of his life, and he's about to pass his kingdom on, did I say Rehoboam or does it say Solomon? Solomon's coming to the end of his life and he's about to pass his kingdom on to Rehoboam, okay, as he dies. And as he, and as he inherits this kingdom, he's faced with a decision right off the bat. A decision that has a deadline. A decision that he has to make in three days, okay? And so this decision has to do with an enemy of his father, And the enemy's name is Jeroboam. We're talking about the Abolams today, all right? You guys ready for that? Jeroboam and Rehoboam. And Jeroboam was an enemy of Solomon. And so when Solomon had died, Jeroboam comes back up to talk to Rehoboam and he says, Hey, I know that me and your dad, we didn't get along so well, okay? I know that we had a pretty bad relationship. So I was wondering if we can start fresh. Can me and you... Have a fresh start. And so as Rehoboam considers this decision, he does something very important, which leads us to this third question. Now, I'm going to leave you hanging for a while, okay? I want to build some tension. So I'm not going to let you know this question until the very end. You're excited. That's exciting, right? I know you're excited to hear it. But Rehoboam actually sets the model for us of what not to do, okay? He shows us what we shouldn't do in our life. So keep that in mind as we start. And uh, if you guys can open your Bibles to 1 Kings chapter 12, and we'll get started here. And before we read, why don't we go to God in prayer. Dear Heavenly Father, thank you for this morning. You know, Thank you for uh, Jacob and his welcome, God, and really uh, bringing us in. It takes a lot of courage to come up here and And speak in front of so many people. But God, I pray that this morning that your word will jump off the pages. God, that your word would come alive to us. God, I pray that you will open our hearts to hear your word. To let it really change us inside. That as we walk out of this building today, that we will leave making a decision. And God, I pray that you please be with me. Help me to speak your word clearly today. And God, be with us today and as we go throughout our week. We love you. It's in your son's name I pray. Amen. Alright, 1 Kings chapter 12, verse 1. It's also up here on the screen. Verse 1, Rehoboam went to Shechem, for all Israel had gone there to make him king. When Jeroboam, son of Nebat, heard this, he was still in Egypt, where he had fled with King Solomon, and he returned from Egypt. So they sent for Jeroboam, and he and the whole assembly of Israel Went to Rehoboam and said to him, "Your father put a heavy yoke on us, but now lighten the harsh labor and the heavy yoke he put on us, and we will serve you." Verse five. Rehoboam answered, "Go away for three days, and then come back to me." So the people went away. So Rehoboam basically says, "Hey, can you give me some time to think of through this? It's a pretty good decision to make, right?" He's saying, hey, I need some time to think this through. I want to make a good decision. And so he asks for more time. And so let's look what happens in verse 6. He also makes another good move. Then King Rehoboam consulted the elders. This is the group of elders that was with his father Solomon. Okay? So this is a great group of men to get advice from. Good decision, Rehoboam. So he consults the elders who had served his father Solomon during his lifetime. How would you advise me to answer these these people? He asked. Great decision. Okay, great decision on Rehoboam's part. Verse 7. They replied, If today you will be a servant to these people and serve them and give them a favorable answer, they will always be your servants. So basically, this group of wise elders tell him, Rehoboam, this is a deal that you should take. All right? You should definitely take this opportunity and take up this, this opportunity that has been presented to you. But then Rehoboam does something also interesting. He does something very interesting. And he actually, what he does is he turns to his high school buddies. Alright? He turns to the people he grew up with. And he goes to them and he says, Hey, what do you think I should do? Let's take a look at that really quick. It says, But Rehoboam rejected the advice the elders gave him and consulted the young men who had grown up with him and were serving him. He asked them, what is your advice? How should we answer these people who say to me, lighten the yoke your father has put on us? This is is what I just said. He goes to his high school friends, the people he grew up with, and he's asking them, hey, what do you think I should do? He rejected the elders' advice. And in verse 10, let's look at what his buddies say. Okay? High school, high school, uh, students, check this out. Alright. Verse 10. The young men who had grown up with him replied, These people said to you, your father put a heavy yoke on us, but make our yoke lighter. Now tell them, my little finger is thicker than your father's waist. My father laid on you a heavy yoke. I will make it even heavier. My father scourged you with whips. I will scourge you with scorpions. That is what you should do, Rehoboam. Wow. Two opposite sides of the spectrum, right? Two totally, two different pieces of advice. And he's faced with a dilemma. He's in a crucial situation. Who should I listen to? Who should I listen to in this situation? Because who he listens to will determine his action. Did you get that? Who he listens to will determine his action. Now let me ask you a question. In the decisions that you have made up to this point in your life, or in the decisions that you're currently facing, who are the people you're listening to? Who are the people that you're going to for advice? The people you're listening to with the situations in your life. And this is so important because the people we listen to are a preview of the future decision we will make. Don't miss this. Do not miss this. Let me say it right here. Look at on screen. The people you listen to are a preview of the future you. The people that you listen to and get advice from, they are a preview of the future decisions that you will make in the future you. And the people that you choose to listen to are preview of those future decisions. Now, I wanted to tell you guys a story. Uh, definitely when I was in high school, this was huge for me. Getting advice from people and listening to outs- you know, people in my life was huge. I think it is for every young person, whether you're in high school or in college. But during this time in my life, from my junior to senior year that summer, I made the decision that I didn't want to uh, follow God anymore. I made the decision that I wanted to do it my way. And so during this time, I was hanging out with some bad people, uh, doing, starting to get into some very bad habits in my life. And also during this time, uh, during football, I was starting to question whether I really wanted to play anymore. Because people were starting to tell me, hey, I don't know if you're going to play any, as much this year because there's some good guys coming up from the freshman football team. And so I don't know if you're actually going to get to play that much. You, you may not even start. And so I, I was listening to these people, and I was getting involved with the wrong crowd. And, and after a while, I came to the decision that I don't want to play football this year. I don't want to play. If I'm not going to play and I'm not going to be an important role in this team, I don't want to play this year. And so what ends up happening is my coach hears about it. My, my big head coach, he hears about it. And he calls my dad and he sets up an appointment with me and my dad. And basically we go in, we talk to my coaches and they say, so what's going on? And I go, oh, well, you know, I don't think I'm going to be a really important part of this team. I don't know if I'm going to be starting and I don't really want to play if I'm not going to play a lot. You know, if I'm not going to be on the field a lot. And I don't know, I, don't, I just don't think I'm that good. And my coach looks at me and he says, well, where'd you hear that from? As far as I know, we need you on this team. As far as I know, you're going to play. You're going to start on our defense. Who are you listening to? You know, this is also true for us who are married in this room today. You know, when people are struggling in their marriage, the first question I would ask you is, who are you listening to? Who are you listening to? And oftentimes, you know, the wife will respond, well, I'm listening to some girlfriends. I'm listening to some girlfriends from work or from wherever. And then my next question for them would be, okay, as you're listening to these girlfriends, do they have the kind of marriage that you would want in the future? Do you look at their marriage and say, I would really love to have that kind of marriage in the future. And oftentimes they'll kind of look down and maybe say, well, let me tell you about Betty or let me tell you about her. She's, and I'll, you know, stop. You've already answered the question. You've already answered it. And then you'll ask the husband, who are you listening to? And oftentimes the husband's not listening to anybody, right? The husband's not listening to anyone. You know, we guys, we don't like to get deep. Okay, we're on the surface level, right? Whatever makes me comfortable, hey, keep your distance, right? You know, we don't like to listen to anybody, which means if you don't like to listen to anyone, it means you're going nowhere, okay? If you're not listening to anyone, it means you're going nowhere. Who are you listening to? And if you're struggling in your marriage, it's not because you're bad or anything. It's just you're growing. You're learning how to to be with one another. But if I'm talking to you and you're saying, well, this couple over here, they've been through some struggles. But man, I would love to have that marriage one day. I would love to have a marriage just like theirs. And I'll tell, you know, it's like you're on your way. Okay, it may be hard right now, but you're on your way to having a great marriage. Who are you listening to? Especially if you have a decision that you have to make in the next week, or in three weeks, or in a few months. And if you're not going to anybody for help, for advice, there should be a red light blinking. okay? Because bad advice is just as, as bad as not getting any advice at all. Bad advice is just as bad as no advice. And people will usually push back on this kind of advice, just from experience. They usually tell me, hey, it feels like you're judging my my friends. I feel like you're judging me. Uh, I don't think it's judgment. I think it's discernment. I don't think it's judgment. It's discernment. If you're having financial troubles, are you going to go to someone who's having financial troubles? No. You're going to go to someone who's an expert, who can help you, right? Hey, if you're bleeding to death, don't come see me, okay? There's nothing that I will be able to do to help you. Go see a doctor, okay? Why is that important? Because the people you listen to are a preview of the future you. It's not judging people. It's being, having discernment with the decisions in your life. And this is true for you. It's true for everyone. It's true for me. Who we listen to is a preview of the future you. And uh, in this situation with the Rabbi right it came down to a decision. Should I listen to my high school buddies or should I listen to the wise group of elders And in verse 12, it actually tells us what happened. So let's go ahead and look there. Verse 12 of 1 Kings chapter 12. It says, three days later, Jeroboam and all the people returned to Jeroboam. And as the king had said, come back to me in three days. Now check this out. The king answered the people harshly, rejecting the advice given him. By the elders. He followed the advice of the young man and said, My father made your yoke heavy, I will make it even heavier. My father scourged you with whips, I will scourge you with scorpions. And do you notice that he repeats almost verbatim, word for word, what his buddy said? He says the exact same thing that they said. And it didn't, you know. And, and as a result of this decision that he made, it was catastrophic. Okay, the the kingdom of Israel was torn into two because of this decision. And and it didn't have to be that way. It didn't have to be that way. Only if Rehoboam had applied this third question that I'm about to give you. You guys ready for it? I know you guys have been waiting anxiously this whole time. Okay, I'm sorry I had to leave you waiting, but let's look at this right here. Our first two questions is this decision consistent with the Bible? The second one is this decision consistent with God's gifts and talents that He's given you? And the third question, as we position ourselves to listen to God, is this Is the decision consistent with wise and godly counsel? Is the decision you're making consistent with wise and godly counsel? Hey, Rehoboam, who's wiser in this situation? It's clear the elders. They've been around for a while. They saw the mistakes that Solomon made. And they're trying to keep you from making the same mistakes. But instead, he listens to his high school buddies. Is the next decision you're making consistent with wise and godly counsel? And I want to give you a great example of this to, to help play this out for you. And, and I want to do this because I feel like I've become good at this. And that's not like a way to brag. But... I know that when I go by what I think or my own advice, things don't go very well, okay? Things tend to go worse when I listen to myself. I wrote down here, I know where I will take me if I listen to me. I know where I will take me if I listen to me. Because of the decisions I've made to my own wisdom, I know that it's probably not a good advice that I live by that. So what I try to do is surround myself with mentors, try to surround myself with coaches in my life. You know, one of my greatest coaches is my dad, Kevin Mead. He's an awesome man. He's taught me a lot about life. And I feel like he's one of the men that I can go to with whatever decision that's going on in my life. I know that I can go to him and he'll tell me what I need to hear. Not what I always want to hear, but what I need to hear. You know, another great example of a mentor in my life is Josh Peterson. Having somebody like, I definitely probably wouldn't even be up here in front of you guys if it wasn't for Josh and him training me up. You know, I actually have a good story about a situation with Josh. And it was actually about a year or two ago. Um, Many of you know my amazing, incredible wife, Ayumi. Um, When we were dating, she graduated from college because she's really smart. She's awesome. And when she graduated, she basically got the offer to go work for Singapore Airlines but this job was in Tokyo and I was freaking out I was like whoa what do you mean you're going to move to Tokyo I was thinking about getting engaged and she's wanting to move I'm like hey we're not on the same page here right but I start to freak out a little bit and so what I start to do is looking for colleges in Japan okay <laughs> I'm like okay where can I go and enroll for some classes in Japan cuz I you know I don't want to you know be separated from uh, Ayumi and, uh, and I, so I go to Josh to get some advice, and I'm like, hey, Josh, what do you think? You know, I'm looking into this uh, college there in Japan, and he's going, what? Why are you going to do that, bro? I was like, uh, I don't know. I want to be around Ayumi. And uh, he's like, no, bro, you need to surrender. He says, you need to pray this through. And you need to you know, pray to God, whatever his will is, that it will be done in this situation. And so I prayed that night. Okay? I prayed probably harder than I've ever prayed before. Okay? And let me tell you something. In the next 10 hours from that point, that, that, basically that offer had fallen through. She got a call from Marriott International. They wanted to come, ha- her to come and have an interview with her. So she goes in the next morning and they give her the job right there on the spot. Within 10 hours. And I go, man, Josh gave me some great advice there. You gave me some great advice. But what about you? It's true for me. It's true for you. Who are the people in your life that are giving you wise and godly counsel? And if it's no one, the red light should be blinking. We need to have people in our lives that are going to help guide us towards what God wants us to do. And you know what? I know this, that God loves you so much that He's given you the Bible, okay? God loves you that much. God gave you the Bible. God also has given you talents. He's given you a thumbprint, okay? And He's also given you the opportunity to have people in your life that can guide you. And so this question ends up not being, is God still speaking? The question is, are we in a position, have we put ourselves in position to listen to God's plan for our life? And so we no longer have to guess. What God wants us to do. Isn't that great? We can know what God wants us to do. We no longer have to, you know, wonder what he wants to do. We can verify what he wants to do. And look, I'm not trying to put God in a box here. God can communicate to you whatever, whatever way he wants to communicate to you. Okay. But these three questions will serve you as great tools in your life if you just apply them. And before any decision that you make, you just ask these three questions is this decision consistent with the Bible? Is this decision consistent with God's gifts and talents that He's given me? And is this decision consistent with wise and godly counsel? Now, before we finish today, you know, my hope for you, and this is a big hope, is that you will never forget this message today. So, what I have for you is a little bit of an illustration. If, could somebody switch the slide for me, please? Stop working. Stop working. Okay, this is my illustration for you. What is that? Traffic light, right? It's a love-hate relationship, wouldn't you say? I mean, you see a traffic light, maybe some of you get a little bit mad. Some of you are like, oh yeah, all greens, fired up, right? It's a little bit of a love-hate relationship, but I hope, my hopes for you is that as you see one of these for the rest of your life, you will think about this lesson today. And like I said, that's a big hope. I'm asking a lot of all of you, so at least, You can remember this for at least this week. Does that sound good? Remember this illustration this week. Let me show you how this works. Let's use an example, one I used from earlier. God, should I pursue this relationship with this person who's not a disciple? Okay, this is a difficult decision, by the way. This is one that I probably don't want to use as an example because you might get a little bit mad at me, but that's okay. I'm willing to do that, okay? Is this, you know... Is this relationship that I'm in, is it one that I should be in? This person, they don't really read the Bible. They don't have a relationship. With God. They're not disciples. You know, is it, is, should I marry them? Should I start dating them? Well, after you go through the first question, is this decision consistent with biblical principles? The answer is pretty clear. The answer is no. And we don't like that sometimes. And you know what? You can go through the red light if you choose, but we know what happens. Right? You know what happens when you go through the red light. And what you need to understand is that when you get a red light, it's not to restrict you. When you get a red light, it's to protect you. When you get a red light, it's not to take away your freedom. It's to preserve your freedom. When you get a red light, It shows that God does love you. But we don't usually take it that way. Well, how come it's, I want this? No. You need to stop. To stop. Is this decision consistent with God's Word? With wise and godly advice and with your thumbprints? Now let's go to the yellow light. Okay? The yellow light. Now when we're given a yellow light, this means that if we've gone through all three of these questions and we get a no on any of them, we need to slow down, okay? Slow down. If we don't get a yes on all three of these questions, we need to slow down a little bit. Now, this is important because most people think yellow lights mean to speed up, right? Right? I mean, I know when I see the yellow lights, it's like, mm, you know, I just go like way faster. Okay. Also, if you walk away today, I hope that you, you just remember, hey, yellow light means slow down, not speed up, okay? We need to slow down. We need to make, you know, don't make that decision. Get some more advice. Take some more time to think about this. Read the Word of God and pray. All right? That's the yellow light. And an example of that would be, many, maybe you're in here today and you don't have a serious decision going on in your life. Okay? And that's all right. But you will have a serious or critical decision come up in your life at some point. I think we all know that. And for many of us, to ask this question, is this decision consistent with God's Word? We may, many of us may not know God's Word enough. We may not know it well enough to answer that question. And so, that should serve as a caution light for you. How are you being proactive to know the, to know the Bible better? And you have great opportunity within our church to study the Bible. You can study the Bible out with, with you know, your small group, with your best friend, or with whoever brought you out today, and they can help you understand the Bible better. That sound good? We need to be proactive about this, okay? We can't just sit here and expect that God's just going to come to us and speak, okay? God says that you will seek me and you will find me when you seek me with all your heart, right? When you seek me with everything that you have. Now, finally, the one we like the green light, right? Now, finally, if you've gone through all three of these questions and all the people you've gotten advice from, they're like, yeah, go with this decision. Yeah, you should definitely do that. Green light. You get to go and do it, right? Now, people are like, well, does that mean that everything's going to be smooth and no problems? No, it doesn't mean that, okay? Doesn't definitely not mean, doesn't mean that. But it does mean that God does have a plan for you through that decision, God has a plan to build your faith, to build your character, to build you up through that opportunity. And then, through that opportunity, you come to realize that you want to live the life that God wants you to live. That we don't want to live the lives that we want to live. We want to live our lives for God. And when you come to that point in your life, God will lead you in His game plan for you. So one final time, in the decisions that you're making in your life, are they consistent with the Bible? Are they consistent with God's gifts and talents that He's given you? And are they consistent with wise and godly counsel? Because if you put your put yourself in position to answer these three questions, God will speak. Isn't that encouraging? You can walk out of here today and go, "Hey, I've been given the tools to know how God is going to speak to me." It's awesome. God does have a game plan for all of us. So as we take our communion to prepare our hearts for communion, please turn your Bibles to Romans chapter 12. It will not be up on the screen. And so please turn there in your Bibles. Romans chapter 12, verse 1. Verse 1 says, Therefore, I urge you, brothers, in view of God's mercy, to offer your bodies as living sacrifices, holy and pleasing to God. This is your spiritual act of worship. Do not conform any longer to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. And here it is. Then you will be able... To approve what God's will is, his good, pleasing, and perfect will. You know, God is showing us that in order to, to really find his will, we've got to offer our bodies as living sacrifices. We've got to go after it with all of our heart. And we've got to start to renew our minds with these questions. But he tells us to do this in view of what? God's mercy. To do these things in view of God's mercy. What has God done for you? How has He shown mercy on you? How has He shown grace on your life? What did He give for you? And as you guys think about those questions today, as you think about God's plan for your life, view it in God's mercy. We would not be here today if it wasn't for His Son. And so as we face the decisions, and when we view it in God's mercy and what he's done for us, those decisions become a lot easier. And so as we take communion, I want to really encourage you to view your life and the decisions that you make and that you will make in the future in view of God's mercy. Let's go ahead and bow our heads and pray. Father, thank you for this day. Thank you for this message. I really pray, God, that it's really helped somebody in this room. God, we...